peace for your soul in the midst of your life. Welcome to Wild the Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Wild the Podcast. Today we're going to try something brand new and um, we want to start every few episodes we want to bring you a new series of regular people living um, lives of faith that um, could maybe encourage and inspire you and so we will be interviewing people from a wide variety of life and all different ages and professions and whatnot so that you will find someone that you relate to and learn a little bit about how people around you are finding peace for their soul in the midst of their lives. And so today we have one of my favorite people in the world, <laughs> somebody who's a lot of fun, Abrielle Windsor. Uh, Abrielle is a student at UBC. We know her through our church circles. Uh, we work together as well. She's our social media <laughs> person. Yes. I'm the uh, hip one. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> She, uh, she's one of our worship leaders, and she leads worship from an accordion, so you know she's awesome, and she's got a fantastic, just a fantastic story of, of who she is and how she came to be the person she is today. So welcome, Abrielle. Thank you. Pleasure yeah. to be here. Yeah, and uh, maybe we can just begin by, you can kind of introduce yourself a little bit. Okay, well, right now, at this moment... Uh, I am a history major at UBC, which is normally the first thing I tell people, and consequently the most boring thing about me, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was born in Grand Falls, Newfoundland. Um, Woo! Phew, Newfoundland. Uh, it's a relatively small town in central Newfoundland, if you don't know where that is. Is it, it on the bay? No, it's not quite. Are you a bayman or a townie? <laughs> oh, it's always a townie. Um, <laughs> you newfies, you'll understand. Nobody will yeah, get it. Nobody doesn't, doesn't know what's going on. Um, no, but I was I was only there for a year. Uh, me, me, when my parents, me, and my older brother uh, moved over to China. Uh, my family started ministry in China. They did a large variety of things. I was a baby, so I didn't understand any of them. But they were teaching English classes, and yeah, we just picked up, went from city to city. We were in China for almost eight years. And during that time, I just had my nice little childhood, I guess. Um, then we moved to BC and Abbotsford for a year. And then we hauled over to Malaysia for three years. So Malaysia is probably where I spent my most formative years, kind of. And after Malaysia, we found ourselves back in Newfoundland where I completed high school and um, that landed me here when I graduated to go to school at UBC, have some family here. So it's been a long journey. It was always kind of driven by my parents' ministry. And I have three other siblings. We were always a part of that ministry. So kind of my entire life, I was learning to help out in some ways. And So already she has a more exciting childhood than probably most of our listeners. <laughs> me included for sure. And you included, right? Yeah, definitely. That's a totally exciting childhood and upbringing, um, but you also are a, a very faithful follower of Jesus. So how did you come to this place of faith and wanting to follow Jesus? In some ways, it took a long time. When I was really young, I did actually feel that 
my faith was my own. I never felt pressured by my parents to follow God. It was, even though obviously that was in some ways what they would have wanted and expected, I still made it my own decision as much as I could. I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to be helpful. Um, and yeah, just like, you know, those like basic things that a kid understands of like, this is what it means to be a Christian. I, I wanted that. When I moved from Malaysia to Newfoundland, I went from a private Christian school to a public Newfoundland school, totally different. Um, and that's kind of where some of my trouble started. I think that was the first time I was shaken up in that sense, because it sounds strange, but I was used, I guess, to being a foreigner wherever I was, like in China, Malaysia, like that was expected. I had friends who knew it was like to travel all the time. There's always people coming and going. In Newfoundland, no one understood what that was like. So I thought that I'd find a community of people in my youth group, just like a Christian group of people is what I wanted, just any friend really. And they weren't that welcoming. I would go to things like, you know, events, they would be great and then come home, nothing would really happen. I'd go to youth group, people wouldn't talk to me. I'd leave for a few weeks, no one messaged me. You know, so that was increasingly more so. I think every year the idea of faith, just the reality of God felt further and further. It didn't feel like it held any ground because I didn't see any significance in my life. Um, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know where to stop because I was still a Christian, but what did that mean? I wasn't doing anything. Um, I was anxious a lot of the time. My priorities, I everything was a priority, so nothing was a priority. And yeah, I just general unrest. I was just, I just kept myself busy. And it wasn't until I graduated and realized that I didn't know what I was in terms of faith. I, I didn't know where I, well, I knew where I wanted to be. I didn't know how to get there. And all of a sudden I found myself in BC. My parents weren't there. None of my old friends were there. Well, one, but um, anyhow, I, I thought it was time to kind of restart. And I thought that if I didn't know where I was, I, if I didn't understand what I wanted, what type of Christian I wanted to be, if I didn't understand what the church was, then I should probably figure that out for myself. So I, I went to church and I started taking little steps to figure things out again. I decided that I would actually listen to worship music sometimes instead of just skipping it all the time. I decided I would talk to people at church. Eventually through a series of small steps, doors just kept on opening and more and more things started falling into place. Um, emotionally, I started to feel better. Um, mentally, I started to feel better. And it wasn't all at once. I just started exploring again and learning again for the first time in probably five years. I knew that even if I wasn't doing much, I had to do something. So during this journey that you were on, did God feel far away? Did he feel close to you? Did you feel like you were alone in this journey? For a long time, yeah. I think I almost took that feeling of like, there's no one to talk to and applied it to God. I was like, there's no human to talk to. And I don't think I can talk to God right now either. Because it, if I didn't feel like there was a connection, it's almost like there wasn't really, he didn't really feel like a friend because I was expecting him to like show up in some big way almost. 
you know, like there'd be certain prayers. It's like, well, okay, God, like, why don't you just do this? And I kept on approaching him on my terms. It was that idea of like, if he wants to be close with me, then he'll do this or that or that. And all I was actually doing was just sitting and not doing anything. I was expecting him to start making things work out, but I had this strange idea of working out because it was completely based on what I wanted and I wasn't doing anything actually productive. It was just about external things falling into place and I thought that that would make me all right. If externally these things were happening, then God was real and he was with me. And if they weren't, then he didn't really care about me too much and he wasn't really trying to pursue me. And when I decided to start making movements towards him, I realized, oh, <laughs> I wasn't doing anything for three years. Um, it was strange to realize that I had been doing so much wrong, but to feel like things were getting more right, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it was only when I decided to start doing little things that he felt closer, that he felt more real. Because before that, he wasn't really there. And then as soon as I was decided to look at him, he showed up. I think that's so common with so many people. So many of us um, will imagine that because we don't feel him, like we trust our feelings and our emotions and base that on whether or not God is with us or not with us mm -hmm. or, but um, just like you said, when you start, when you turn your attention towards him, then um, you begin to realize, oh, well, he was there all along. It was me that had my back turned to him, but he was right there the whole time. So what, uh, what little things did you do to begin to turn your attention toward him? Uh, at first, it actually started off journaling, I think it's probably the first one. Um, I used to fall asleep in prayer. I didn't, I didn't like prayer because it was supposed to be me talking with God, and I felt like there was no connection being made. Journaling forced me to actually be active in it though. I couldn't fall asleep. I couldn't pretend that I, it, it's, so, it's harder to feel like you're not talking to someone when you're writing it down. You know, like even if when we just write a story down, it feels like we're telling someone. So I think that kind of grounded me a little bit more. So when you journaled, um, it would help you when you thought that your audience was God? Yeah, kind of yeah, in some ways. And it was just a really good way for me to process, I think and to stay engaged and focused because it's so much easier to be intentional when it's like right there. So that was kind of the first thing. And yeah, I started eventually, I was like journaling every day. Um, and that was kind of the start for me because I don't journal every day anymore, but it was almost like that's what I needed to, to get me going in a sense. You um, need different things in different seasons. Yeah, definitely. Like it changes. It's not always going to stay the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think at that season, if spending time with God for me meant all the time just sitting and doing nothing, like I don't think that would have that would have worked. Cause I wasn't I wasn't at that point that time. I didn't I didn't want to just be still for thirty minutes. Maybe I should have in some ways, mm -hmm. but I just wasn't quite quite there yet. So I started with that, and I had a long commute to school. So. I had a playlist full of worship music, and instead of listening to some music, I would use that time on the bus with God. I talked with people at church to try to get a little bit more involved. I started actually listening to sermons, mind-blowing, <laughs> um, which is like the, actually probably the first time, aside from like going to youth camps where I decided to actually engage in church. But I was just finding little things that I could do throughout the week and trying to use them. 
and every time I decided to do something intentional with God, he showed up. And Easy. Yeah, it, and it's just like you can't – it was so much harder at that point to say, I don't really know if he's looking for me because if I ever spent time with him, he was there, like obviously. And I like that um, so often, for, especially for people who are stuck or are trying to come back to God, um, you think that it has to be like – these huge things that you have to do to start going back to God, but it's actually these really ordinary, normal things in your mundane life mm -hmm. that start just turning your eyes back onto God and um, meeting you exactly where you're at and helping you um, grow. You yeah. It doesn't have to be these like fireworks or anything. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. For me, honestly, probably two of the biggest things were short car rides and baths. <laughs> that yeah. sounds strange, but like those are like, times where I connected with God because in a car ride alone there was no one else there it's night everything's quiet and like it's just drawing your attention to him for that little time yeah those are some strong connect points and I didn't have to do anything crazy it's just he wanted to spend time with me and I started saying yes to that I, I can totally relate to that. There was a time in my life when I, we, Nick and I just got married and all of a sudden there were six kids in the house and I had zero time for myself. The only time I would get to pray is when I was commuting to work mm -hmm. until I didn't commute anymore and then I had to, then it was really hard. But that was, using the time in uh, your car can be very good right time to pray. Yeah. Your story reminds me of, uh, I can't, now I can't remember the, the verse it comes from, but the mm -hmm. scripture verse, draw near to God he will draw near to you. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I believe that's from James 4. <laughs> Nick? Great. Thank you. Uh, but the, the whole idea, like, like uh, it's not that he, was, he wasn't close to begin with, mm -hmm. but it's this idea of like, when we turn our attention toward him, all of a sudden we start noticing him in the places he's all, always been, mm -hmm. but we just start to notice him in those places. And, and, and as we draw near to him, he is drawing near to us because we're beginning to notice where he already is. Yeah, it's like our awareness is developing. Yeah. Something that's already been there all the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think I was like, especially in the past couple of years, um, in, that, in that first, well, really in the first few months where I kind of was doing this reset and trying to make those steps, it was really almost exciting because I realized like, oh my gosh, like he's trying to get my attention. You know, when you decide to start paying attention, you realize, oh, he did that. Like, he's actually, he's trying to bring you in. And when you're saying, God, you have to come to me on these terms, that's just so harmful because that's, you're missing all those ways that he is drawing you in. Yeah, and it's really arrogant too, I think. Mm -hmm. Like when you just sit back and be like, well, prove it. Prove that you're real. Prove that you're here. It's, I just, I think that's an arrogant, yeah, that's our arrogance. And like you said, you're missing out on so much. Yeah. Um, I... You mentioned uh, briefly that after, it wasn't right away, but after a month or two of doing this, you felt significantly emotionally and mentally better. Oh, yeah. So um, how, how did doing these practices kind of bring peace for your soul? In, in certain ways, like a lot of the peace came from like actual like healing. I, I had a lot of anxiety problems, kind of grade 11, grade 12. It got really bad, and I didn't even know how bad it was, if that makes sense, because I thought certain habits I had were really normal, like shutting down when you're trying to write an essay. And I mean, I used to like run out onto the street when it was cold out to avoid doing stuff like barefoot. Like it was essentially harmful things, but I thought cause it didn't look like regular, like quote unquote self harm that it was fine. And when I started doing these things, it was like, 
those things started to become really obvious. I started to realize like, wow, I am really anxious all the time. So in one regard, the feeling emotionally better was like that healing from like this actual really big issue I had completely healed. And then there's the smaller things as well of like having moments of silence. <laughs> My busy schedule, that moment of silence with God can mean so much. Um, and when I didn't have it for a while, I would get more anxious, like for certain. It's like the same thing of like, if you don't, if you're working out every day for well, like three months and then you stop working out completely for a month, your body gets so much weaker even in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that would happen in like short spans of time. I think the more I tapped into him, the more he became a source of fuel in some ways. When you say moments of silence, can you define what you mean by like what you did for moments of silence? Oh, I literally just wouldn't, I just wouldn't say mm-hmm. anything or think at him. I don't know if that sounds strange. No, not <laughs> Instead of being like, hey, God, this, 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 blah, 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 blah. Um, which sometimes has its place, obviously. I would just say, okay, what's up? Like, what do you have today? I like that. Think at him. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a yeah great, that's, that's a great yeah. quote. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still learning that. Like, even now, I've tried to be even more intentional about that. Because I think it went from like, okay, I'm just going to be quiet and listen to you to, okay, I'm going to be quiet and listen specifically to what you want me to do today. So it was almost like engaging more and more. I think when you start saying, okay, what do you want me to do right now? That adds almost like that, that like that stronger connection yeah. of like, I'm really actually being intentional about this. It would probably morph and change the longer you did it. Yeah. Like you, you start out, you're kind of, you can only do this much, but then God's, you start adding more and more deeper and richer things so that it grows and evolves with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but silence is, you know, I, I think we're, we're just bombarded with stuff all the time, right? Like I don't think I realize how much input is coming in. I'm always, there's my phones there, mm-hmm. you know, the TV, this, that. I think um, Jesus modeled that over and over again in the Gospels to go be silent yeah for a reason because yeah. our souls need silence so you mentioned uh you mentioned the silence what what other sort of practices did you do to find peace for your soul or are you doing even lately i've i've been doing what i said almost of like trying to take i'll take a little bit of time in a day to be like okay what do you want me to do now how do you want me to i've been using the mental phrase i guess how do you want me to dine with you now how do you want me to just sit and be present Kind of like, I'm at your table. Yeah. So you're the host. Exactly. What are you serving me today? Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is just so, so great because it's peaceful and it's joyous as well. Scriptural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the good old Bible. Yeah. Um, so this week that's looked like, well, it's actually looked like doing yoga in the morning or just doing stretches. Um, it's looked like literally just sitting on my bed. It's looked like... Um, sitting down and writing down some things that I'm grateful for. It's looked like, well, like I said, like bath. Like that's so peaceful for me. So just engaging with like silence in that moment, it's still ongoing. So we'll see what this week has in store. I really like that um, instead of you trying to say, okay, well, this is how you have to serve God. And so I'm going to do all these things that the Christian should do. You just kind of throw all that out and put all the control and thinking and power to God and Mm -hmm. just say, okay, here I am. What would be best for me today? What do I need today to spend time with you? What's good for my soul? And you just kind of allow him to show you. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so much better for you, honestly. Like like I said too, yeah. like even expecting him to show up in a specific way. Yeah. Like, man, like that was just pointless for me because that's putting so much pressure. I, I don't know. It just it it seemed strange. It's like strange looking back on it. Like, why would I be doing that? That's almost more pressure on yourself because you're looking for like one specific thing that but, you and you're know. also looking for something big and obvious. Yeah. And God often doesn't speak in like huge obvious ways. Like it's like the daily mm-hmm. bit by bit. What I appreciate about what you're saying is how uh, you know you're saying you were looking for God in a certain way, mm-hmm. like show up, reveal yourself to me the way I want you to. But and you you learn to come to Him in a different way. But you, you didn't even make that way that you came to him the way. Like you started with journaling, right? Mm-hmm. But you are not. You didn't say, okay, I'm meeting with journaling. So now from this point forward, it's always got to be journaling, mm-hmm. right? Like I can only meet God in my journal. Right. Yeah. There are seasons where different practices serve us uh, in better ways, and yeah. just this idea, like you said, Jamie, of of giving God the control of how, how He wants to draw near and how He wants to meet. Yeah. us at the table yeah. and just to say how do you want to meet me today god mm-hmm. and it could be journaling like you said or it could be silence or it could be yeah like you know, if you're in a season of lament or grief or yeah. something it could mm-hmm. just be you just need to lie there in god's presence right like yeah. mm-hmm. but i think yeah. as, as followers of jesus one of the i guess the traps that we fall into is if this is the way we meet God, this is the way we're always going to meet God. Yeah. It's always the same thing. It's always the same practices. And yeah. I think that the the idea of, of these Christian practices for spiritual formation are, it's a smorgasbord, mm-hmm. right? It's not a set menu all the time. And you can, it's like a buffet and you can go one time and take this food mm-hmm. and the next time it might be different food. Yeah. And it's all good. Yeah, and I also think that, um, you know, sometimes Christians can say that you have to do it this way, and it can breed some judgment when people aren't doing these specific things. Yeah. 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 I think it's also interesting because it's like, when you pick that one thing, you say, this is always how I meet with God, like, you've effectively just just kind of established your own temple as well. Mm. It's almost like mentally, even if you wouldn't ever say that, it's like, this is how I meet God. This is how I connect with Him outside of that. It's just really difficult. I know for me, there was a point where journaling, like that was my way to track um, how, I don't know, what's, what's the right phrase? Essentially like how consistent I was being in my relationship with God. Like if I had an entry every day, that means I was spiritually doing well. And if I didn't have an entry for a month, well that month I wasn't doing well. And that's changed so much because now I don't look at the look at my book and go, okay, where's my, where's my journey in this? Because it's moved over to other things and like even interactions with people and yeah and you're right like smorgasbord like it's also so much more exciting because that feels like life in all of its fullness because it's in every element and not just in one place or in one thing I like that. He prepares a table before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these things. A s'mores. Smorgasbord. The, uh, yeah. the phrase that came to my mind as you were mentioning that was the phrase from the Psalms, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to ask him in the morning, God, how do you want me to taste and see your goodness today? Yeah. And it may yeah. be a different way than yesterday. Mm-hmm. And there might come a time where he says, well, actually, I really want you to um, have a little more discipline and focus here for the next month. Yeah. Right? Like, who knows? Right? It's never going to... It's. I think if the longer you walk with God, and especially if he knows your personality and you can't take the oh, same, yeah. like, probably you, 
me. They would probably be up and down all over the place. Just pointed yeah. to the two of you. Well, I know that you, uh, anyway, Nick has a very I'm a man established of <laughs> 10 years the exact same way. I can yeah. go maybe two weeks and I'm like, I'm bored, God. What's, what, what else? Yeah. So, but there are some times when God's like, no, just settle in and stay here. Oh, yeah. There are some yeah. like really, and I think that's why it was important for me to do the same thing for a while. Because yeah. I was like learning this is, this is how, but it's almost like you need both. Like you want to have that like consistency. Yeah. But you also want to have that like that willingness. I think yeah. when there's that willingness, willingness, it's that same thing. If you start seeing opportunities and other things, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's exciting. I think it's just so much more exciting. It's an adventure. Yeah, yeah. And I, sorry, go ahead. I think um, also you mentioned that um, you were just mentioning how you were in, in some like habits that were unhealthy for you. Oh yeah. And I just um, it just strikes me that. Um, when you begin to follow God and when you begin to put your attention on him and take those step by step to follow him, he is so good that he doesn't leave us in those unhealthy habits that are things that are bad for our soul or our body and begins to pull us out and challenge us to grow and go the other direction. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's what he did for you. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. And it was really hard at times. It's like it's it's hard admitting in some ways that like, no, this is a serious problem, especially when it's something you feel like you can't get away from. Mm. It took a really long time to just say, okay, I'm going to start working on this or I'm going to try to let this go a little bit. But there was just a day where it was like, okay, this this isn't a problem anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, and sometimes it was so frustrating, but I think he's not giving up on you, so don't, yeah. don't give up <laughs> on yourself. It, it wasn't just that day. It was probably all the work that God had been doing in your heart over a series of years yeah. and things and situations where finally you were healed. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And I just I just love that about God that he just he doesn't leave us in our mess. He wants us to continue to evolve yeah. and grow. Yeah. One of the sort of one of the phrases we use a lot at Wild is uh, you are on your way or I'm on my way. Right. Just we're say, not perfect. Yeah, we're not perfect. We're mm-hmm. on a journey. And no matter where we are in the journey, you're still on your way to somewhere else mm-hmm. moving forward even yeah. if it's millimeter by millimeter it's the a victory yeah. yeah yeah it's not not about placing these oh I should be here mm-hmm. or I should be here but just allowing ourselves the grace and the freedom to be where we're at as we are on our way to to, yeah. to, to being the way mm-hmm. God wants us to and be celebrating the victories like yeah today I laid for 10 minutes and I thought about God victory yeah if you didn't do that the two weeks before or whatever right yeah so small victories are good has there been a season in your life when you have gotten too busy or there's been too much going on in your life and you haven't actually been able to put time into um, these little steps that you're doing? And has have you noticed a difference in your wellness? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Obviously this has been kind of an ongoing journey for about two and a half years now. Two. It'll only last the rest of your life, yeah. don't worry. Yeah. Um, so much time left. Um, and that means there have been ups and downs, there have been months of joyous seasons and of not so much. Uh, Last year, um, I went to Taiwan to study Mandarin for a couple months and it was so intense. Um, It was just school, almost all hours of the day, just would break to talk to my parents or um, call friends from home. And yeah, then I'd be right back at it, studying Mandarin, speaking Mandarin and you know, early mornings, late nights. And I didn't really put aside time to spend with God. Even when I did, it was almost out of stress 
like that feeling of oh I should do this now I should do this now and I wasn't really honing in on anything guilt yeah yeah and I think the best thing for me to do would have been to spend some time with him in whatever way I could and it's not what I did and by the end of that two months I was like last straw I was falling apart and I knew that if I didn't go home when the program ended if it if the program hadn't ended when it did I just yeah I wouldn't have recovered um and it took time to recover from that there was so much pressure and I wasn't helping myself in any of it I at that point I started to fall back into old habits as well because you can slip uh and when I returned I had to kind of start again not from scratch obviously because it's an ongoing thing but I had to learn how to look at him again and I had to let go of some of my stresses and I had to look at my priorities again so in some ways it was really great because there was a lot of growth that came from it but it's also one of those things that to me is just such an example of you know it's for me at this point, like it's not an option of something to leave out or, or put in. It's not something I shove into my schedule if it's convenient because it changes how your entire day looks. It just, it makes everything so much better. And it, it's, it's not something to shove in or leave out because at this point, like I, I just, I want it. Like it, it just makes so much more sense than everything else that I'm doing. It, gives things so much more meaning when I'm just connecting with him. So as a, as a person who has gone through the, the dry season, mm-hmm. like when you're in Taiwan or, or even before that, um, before you started making these steps toward God, there are <clears throat> most likely people listening today who feel perhaps very stuck in a busy season mm-hmm. or very stuck in a dry season and they actually might be the same season. And so for someone who is in that place but is craving peace for their soul in the midst of their life, um, what would you offer them as maybe some, some, some first steps out of that place and into that place of dining at God's table? I would say first step is 10 minutes. If that's 10 minutes of something you already do in the morning, if that's making your morning coffee, if that's making breakfast or it's before you go to sleep or if it's in the shower, just take 10 minutes wherever you are with God to be honest with him and to just say, this is where I am. What do you have for me today or right now? I know what it's like to be crazy busy, but I also know that I think almost everyone has 10 minutes because even if it's not 10 minutes of free time, there's 10 minutes of something that doesn't take your full attention. You know, like when I'm making my coffee, that's a great time to have conversation with other people and everything. So why not make it God? Um, And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to guilt yourself into doing it, but just it's a step. It's nice. It's simple. And God will appreciate it so much because he just wants time with you. And I think if you can start there, 10 minutes may go to 15, may go to 20, and maybe it'll start happening more frequently. But it can make a difference. Like, honestly, it really, really can. I really like how you uh, said, you know, start with honesty. Yeah. <laughs> start with being honest about where you're at. Because I, I think often as followers of Jesus, 
sometimes we are ashamed of where we're at and we don't want to even though even though in our head we know God knows mm-hmm. and God knows everything we don't want to take that honesty to him because we feel bad ourselves and we either think that he's going to feel bad or he's going to be angry when nothing could be farther from the truth mm-hmm. right because it gives him great delight when when we approach him in honesty no matter where that is even to be honest about how we're feeling about him to say we're angry at him or we're you know we we're we don't want to be with him or something but just just that idea of starting with absolute raw honesty mm-hmm. i think that could be that could be like what op- cracks open that dryness uh, and allows a little bit of god's presence to come in and water our soul yeah for sure and honestly like i think sometimes we all get intimidated if we feel like we've been far from god so long it can even 10 minutes can feel like a lot for saying oh i have to pray and just really like do all these i know for me there's a point in time where even that was intimidating because i didn't i didn't know how i didn't know where to start and i felt bad and i knew that i wasn't where i wanted to be but if you can start that 10 minutes wherever you're at and just say okay great like this sucks. I, I'm not having a good time right now, but hey, I'm here with you. Like just anything like, yeah, God loves that. He meets you where you're at too. Oh like, yeah. When you come to him with that kind of honesty, he show, he like you said, he shows up now that he's not always there, but mm-hmm. like you, he meets you and gives you what you need. And I think like you said, like once you keep on, if you keep on being brave enough to show up for God while he's out and let him, um, minister to you and then you'll start finding like over and over again like you mentioned that um, you will start to actually experience God and taste and see that he is good Mm -hmm. and it will become something that you can't live without it's no longer like things that you should do so that you don't feel guilty Mm -hmm. but it becomes something that like it feeds your soul so much and you're finding Jesus is your daily bread and your living water and giving you peace and love and strength for your day Um, that's hard to give up yeah. Once you really get to taste what, what he offers you. Yeah, no, for sure. And it doesn't, like, I, I, I'm not ashamed now in a sense to say, like, no, I need that. It, it's not a, it's not that obligation. Like, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you just want it. Like, but that, isn't that, like, isn't that great? Isn't that exciting? Like, if you have a really close friend, like, you know, like, I want to hang out with them. I want to see them again, see how they're doing. Um, I think this has been taking those little steps towards him just has really made me see so much more like more of his character in terms of like now I'm like no I understand what it what people mean when they say God is a friend or a parent or like a father like it makes sense because he's real in those 10 minutes he's real like whenever you connect with him all of a sudden he's real because he's there and he's showing up um and I think I mean over this time he's asked me to do some sort of strange things as well in terms of spending time with him. Uh, a while ago, I used to watch this TV show, just like I'd watch a couple episodes at night. It wasn't an awful TV show, like it was fun. But I just felt um, at one point that I was being asked to just completely stop watching it. And because it was it was taking what used to be my devotional time. And it was a pretty small thing, like I didn't really care for the show too much. Um, but it was kind of a weird thing. I was like, do I really have to? But I said yes. Mm-hmm. And it does make a difference because he loves it when you say yes to him. Like, yeah. loves it. Yeah. I, I think you, right there, you hit on the key for transformation, which is simply 
the idea of obedience yeah to the small things he asks like obedience doesn't mean god's saying you need to move to china move move your family to china yeah. and and be a, a you know start a ministry in china or something a small thing could be like hey when you're making coffee just hang out with me hang mm-hmm. out with me or or let go of this tv show or something mm-hmm. but so when we say yes in the small things it does even that brings transformation to our soul yeah and, and it waters our soul and that's a fantastic way to to, to i guess to to discover, to taste and see yeah. that the Lord is good. The yeah. best way would be just to say yes to the small things mm-hmm. that, that he asks. What do you have for me today? Okay, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. And, you know, like my family moving to China, none of my life would have happened at all if my parents hadn't said yes to the little things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the strange little things, I'm sure. Um, it's just crazy. And that's the other thing. Like when you say yes, when you start on that journey, like, he opens so many doors. I, I wouldn't be where I am right now if I hadn't said yes to things. And um, that's not to say I've done something amazing. Like I haven't, I've just sometimes for some little things, I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. I like, um, I like thinking of those, the spiritual practices that we can do, whether it be journaling or silence or going for a walk with, you know, quote unquote, with God in nature, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, they're really these invitations just to, to be with God, mm-hmm. right? To be with me. And we'll, we, uh, until we're with him, we don't know where his invitation is leading us. And we have no opportunity to say yes and experience the transformation that we're all, we're all seeking. Well, thanks for taking some time with us today. It has been fantastic to have you with us and to have you be the very first interview we do for the wild podcast. I'm going to take another sticker. <laughs> yes. She's she's literally went to the back cupboard, saw some stickers and put one on her face. She's I wearing, forgot it was she's there. wearing a sticker right now. And yeah. then we went out in public and bought lunch and she was wearing her sticker. It's a purple yeah. smiley face. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you for the reminder to just, um, I like, I really like the image of God uh, preparing a table for us and just sitting down every day and saying, oh, what are you going to serve me today, God? And just taking those 10 minutes, if you're feeling overwhelmed or whatever, just 10 minutes. We all have 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and I love, I love the grace and the freedom of, of what you said about those 10 minutes. They don't have to be like set aside in a prayer closet. I mean, it's great if it is, but it doesn't have to be. It can be while you're driving. It can mm-hmm. be while you're making coffee. It can be in the shower. It's part whatever. of your life. It's just yeah. part of your life. And, and, and taking those 10 minutes, it even during a doing a mundane task has a way of making the mundane seem a little more invitational and holy in one yeah. sense. Yeah, and easy. And mm-hmm. easy, yeah. Restful. Yeah. yeah. Useful. Yeah. Useful. <laughs> so thank you, yeah. and uh, may the Lord bless you in everything that you're going to be doing over the next few months. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Yeah, and um, we're going to have a picture of Abrielle and a little bio of her up on our blog. So um, you can find us at wildadventure.ca slash blog to see Abrielle in the flesh. Uncover the mystery of my face. <laughs> <laughs> right With on. or without the sticker, we'll turn <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks everyone. everyone, for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Wild, the podcast. Wild is an urban spiritual formation movement coming to you from Steveston Village, British Columbia. You can find out more at wildadventure.ca 
and find us on Instagram at wildstevesteve. Peace be with you.